Welcome to the Life Way Student Ministry Podcast. I'm Ben Trueblood alongside Julie Plunk. Hello. And no John Paul Basham today. And just by way of announcement, John Paul is not on the podcast today because he is on site for a video shoot for an amazing study that is in production right now that we are really pumped to release. We will be talking more about that. I didn't ask John Paul how much we can say right now, so I'll just leave it at <laughs> the teaser <laughs> of this is going to be amazing and I can't wait to announce it. So I don't want to let the cat out too soon. So it, he, he is on site doing some video stuff today with, a, with an author that will be a first-time author, not first-time author for him but first-time author with us for LifeWay students and an incredible topic and study that I can't wait to tell you, the audience, more about. So John Paul's not with us here today, though, but even though he's not, we're glad you're, you are, and I would love if, since you're here, you would leave a rating and review. So that helps other people find the podcast and as they search for student ministry content on their podcast platform. So here we are, another episode, another COVID episode of the podcast. Mm. Uh, we're excited. <laughs> we're, we're still excited that, that we're, <laughs> we're doing these and talking and Zooming and excited kind of tongue in cheek there. But I think the topic for today, Julie, is a really important one. And I'll set it up this way. Students who don't know Jesus don't act like Jesus, right? Uh, mm. Students who don't know Jesus don't act like they're becoming like Jesus. And the reason why I want to set it up that way is because I think in the church, there are many times where we say, I want our student ministry, or even the whole church would say, we want our student ministry to reach people. But then when those people we're trying to reach actually show up on our campus and their behavior is not like Jesus, that ruffles some feathers, that causes mm. problems. So on one side of it, our churches say, yes, we want to reach people, but we don't want to deal with the problems that they bring in to the environment. And so that's what I want us to talk about today. And how can a student ministry help educate and help train student ministry leaders, parents, even the church as a whole to embrace this idea of what it takes to truly reach people. Because it's a lot more than, hey, we're going to have people come onto our campus, they're going to come to know the Lord immediately, and their behavior is going to be different. No, that's not the way it works. Lost people it's not bring realistic. with them. No, they bring with them their language, they bring with them their lifestyles, many lifestyles of which people in the church would say we don't agree with, and that causes tension. So mm -hmm. it's in the middle of that tension where I want us to live today with you as podcast listeners and just have an open conversation about how student ministries can help move people along to the place where they understand what it really means when we say we want to reach people. I think it's a really important topic, Ben, and something that I haven't seen a ton of research and production about, and maybe I've just missed it, but I, I don't know that it's talked about a ton. Um, in practical equipping ways. So I'm really excited that you said this. And I know for me, this hits a, a twinge because I hear, th I grew up in a, a church that um, would struggle with this. And it really hits on a pride note from a gospel sense because 
a lot of times when we expect perfection or a certain standard, it's sometimes it makes people feel more elevated. Like Mm. y'all are the ones with the issues and you need to act this certain way. And this is the right way. And this is the broken way. And it, you have to knock down some pride um, and you're going to see some of that come out as you're dealing with this in your student ministry, unfortunately. Man, I'm glad you brought that up, Julie, because I think you use the word elevated. And I think that's even part of the problem here where students in the ministry who are, quote, following Jesus, or let's even just say acting like Christians. Mm. They may not even really be following Jesus, but those that can put on the I act like a Christian face, many times it does give them a sense of religious pride and elevated, I'm better than these people who are not acting like Christians. Mm. And that doesn't, that creates a division rather than reaching people in a ministry. Absolutely. So I wanted to ask you, and I didn't ask you this beforehand. So knowing a little bit of your story already, Mm -hmm. and you mentioned the church that you grew up in, I was going to ask you what your experiences in student, when you were a teenager, uh, were like in regards to this kind of tension between we want to reach people, but we're also going to kind of shun people that don't act the way we think they should. Yeah, you know, mine was kind of mixed. I was not a believer when I was in high school, did not follow Jesus in any stretch of the imagination. But I also grew up in church. My parents really strong Christians. And so I could really put on a face when I wanted to. But in the church where my family went was a lot, uh, I guess, stricter, not welcoming to all behavior, which, of course, you understand. I'm not saying... Um, it's okay to do certain things, but um, didn't really care about the people as much as they cared about how the people acted. And so mm-hmm. I found myself really attending two different youth groups. So uh, went to another youth group that I was invited to, and they were just a lot, they just saw people as people and preached the gospel really boldly from the get-go of we're all just broken wretchedness without Christ. And that was always something they iterated over and over. And so it automatically felt more welcome there because they would just say it all the time, all the volunteers, the youth leader, um, the Christians in the youth group would make that really obvious. And so I felt so much more comfortable there. Now my actions didn't really change, but I kept going. So that says something. So yeah, it was a very, um, and I, I grew up with quite a lot of kids that ended up going to two different groups a lot. And I don't know if that was the reason why, but it would make sense. It totally does. And as you're, as you're talking through that, you know, I think another thing that this problem does, you know, we started off and the foundation was laid, like, let's talk about how we train people to get to understand this tension. And now we've kind of been talking about the teenagers themselves in this. And I think one of the problems that begins to happen in the lives of your Christian students who don't have an open and welcoming, we're all broken trying to figure this thing out mindset is that it causes your church kids, your Christian kids to be more likely to hide their sin, Mm. to be more likely to, to not be 
vulnerable and show their brokenness in order to get help with it, it, it almost creates a more masked environment where I come mm. into church, I wear my mask. I'm not going to let anybody know about the hurt and the junk and the sin that's in my life because I see the way our church responds to people when they do show those things. Mm. Which unfortunately is a mass stereotype of Christians, the hypocrisy that's really yeah. just filling those check boxes for the way non-Christians view us, which I don't want any part of. Yeah, so you're right. right. It's, it, it just really creates a to unconsciously to toxic environment. You're exactly yeah. right. So when we, so when we talk about this as how to help people understand what we're trying to do, it's not just to reach people. It's actually to create a ministry environment of, Hey, you belong here. We care about you. There's going to be brokenness and there's going to be sometimes sin is going to cause that brokenness, that sin that we do. Sometimes it's going to be sin from others and it's going to be connected. That causes that hurt and pain. Brokenness might not even be sin cost, but we're all going to have our baggage and lifestyle stuff. And so let's approach this together. And it actually creates not just an environment where people belong to the sense that you can lead them to believe in Jesus, but it also creates a sense of belonging for those who would say, I already believe in Jesus to begin to follow him out of grace rather than mm. law and duty which I think is, that's where we want to read. That's where we want to lead our teenagers to understand. That's going to stick with them long past their time in student ministry. Exactly. And may help keep them plugged in and hungry for the gospel in their daily lives. So Ben, what would you say is your recommended quote unquote strategy for approaching this issue? Yeah. That, I, I think it's, this is going to sound really simple, but I think you have to talk about it all the time. Mm. Uh, like you mentioned of that student ministry that you went to, you mentioned some key things. The students said it, the leaders said it, the student pastor said it. It became common language that, hey, we all have brokenness from sin and there's stuff within us all and we're all working through it and we're all seeking answers. And the place you seek those answers is from scripture. So I think in order to create this environment, you have to talk about it all the time. So much so that your leaders begin to speak the same way and that eventually your students speak the same way. And the parents of those students know like, okay, this is, this is what's going on there. And not in a sense of we're going to glorify the sin like what happens on an open mic night after an event with <laughs> in student ministry where it's like, these are all that I used to do. And it's like, Oh my gosh, what just happened? <laughs> where we're not going to like glorify the sin, but at the same time, we're going to, you're going to feel a sense of compassion and care. And we're also in the same moment going to point you to the truth about it. Mm-hmm. So what I'm advocating is not that we just say, yay, we're all broken and we all have sin. And so let's sin together. Uh, as Paul would say, may it never be so. Mm -hmm. But 
that we deal with the truth about those things in our lives within the context of I'm not better than you Mm -hmm. because I may not deal with what you're dealing with. I have my own stuff. And because of that, we are both going to approach truth. So talk about it, talk about it, talk about it. And I, I, I think you have to say it until you hear other people saying it. Mm. What about you? What's something, what's something that you would throw in there? Uh, you know, I would totally agree with what you talked about. Just lots of uh, common conversation about it. Just that it is said so often. It's just that in the natural culture, um, I just like a lot of the issues that we talk about on this podcast, I think it's really important to talk with your other pastoral staff or elders as well. Mm. If this is something that maybe you're seeing might be a struggle for you as a student minister, I think a great first step is going to them and saying, listen, I just see this hole in this area of ministry and I would just love y'all support is there any advice? I think it's always helpful when you just come humbly before your leadership in that way and however your church is structured. But I think that's really, really helpful because it's going to be way bigger than just the student ministry because there's all kinds of members in the church that are going to, you know, interact with these students and hopefully they'll be volunteering and helping. And, you know, you want your choir guy, you want your college guy, you want your, you know, XP, all of them to be all on the same page with you. So I think that's a great step as well. I could not agree more. It is absolutely essential. And I think that internal training piece, like it's never going to get to your leaders and parents unless the pastors, the, all the people on the team, uh, whatever that means for your context are on the same page. Because here's what happens. you If you start reaching people from your community, you're going to have people making out in the parking lot you're going to have people like it used to be. And depending on your, your context, it used to be smoking out in the parking lot, probably more like <laughs> vaping now or yeah, uh, whatever. Right. But they're going to be doing some activity before coming in the building. You're going to have a couple of senior adults walk by a group of teenagers and they're going to hear words that they don't think should be said around the church building. Uh, and then they're going to say something to another staff member or your pastor And that's going to land you in a meeting. And it's important that when those things are reported, they may come straight to you. And that's great too. But if they're reported to your boss, it's important that you and your boss are synced up on, hey, I know that's not the way that, that you think things should be happening in our parking lot. But here's what that means about our ministry. It means about our ministry that we are seeing people who are far from Jesus, take steps to becoming closer to Jesus. And here's, so that coming from a pastor, an XP, uh, from the children's pastor that you guys are on, like, we were walking into the building and my four-year-old heard this, but having all of those people on the same page, like Julie mentioned, is so, so, so important. So as you think about planning your student ministry, and uh, we talk about vision casting a lot on this podcast, but this is an area where vision casting needs to land internally with your team and making sure that they they know wh- wh- where you're coming from and that you're on the same page. Now, I would like to say too, uh, Julie, I'd love your feedback on this. We're not advocating a complete anarchy, no rules zone 
come in and do whatever you want <laughs> and we're going to be okay with that because the gospel like there's still a standard but yeah. the way that we respond to people I think reveals more about our heart. Like, do we love people more or do we really love our churchy rules more? Mm -hmm. I totally agree. And I really do believe that when churches as a whole and student ministers are preaching that gospel, that true gospel of grace and what that really looks like as a whole, I think that is there's something really attractive about that. And that is attractive to a lot of walks of life, Christian or unchristian. So uh, non-Christian, however you want to say it. So I think that when that's really your heart behind it and that's what you're preaching and that's what you're saying, I think those is it's going to attract those kids. So I agree. There's got to be a, we're not saying like no rules by any means, but I do think choosing what hills to die on is important that just in every, whether you're talking about parenting or anything like that, I think picking your battles wisely is important, especially when you're reaching students that need to be reached and need to be pursued and loved on really well. You can't, you can't attack every little thing that they do in, in certain ways. That's another thing that I really struggled with as a high schooler and I felt mm. attacked in every little thing. And, um, it really, it, like you said, it was the way it was handled. It was just really pushed me away from the church and didn't really want me to have anything to do with it. So I, I picking your battles. Yeah. And that every time you were there, it was like, you're doing this wrong and you're doing this wrong mm. and you're doing this wrong. Yeah. I think that, man, this this singular topic has so many different connecting points because I think that Christian teenagers feel that way too many times mm. about about student ministry. And I think it comes down to the way we, we preach and teach and communicate. And I think the student pastor would say, I'm not trying to call them out on every little thing. I think a student I think most student pastors would say I righteously I am righteously motivated to point them to this is what the Bible says of us. Mm. And in that the Bible is going to call them out on things. But I think if we're not careful our tone the way that we phrase things, uh, even in planning our and what we say about them, it can come across like, you're not good enough, you're not good enough, you're not good enough. Why do you keep having this problem? Sure. When what we see in scripture is those problems persist, like the battle against the old flesh is always there. And the gospel the essence of the gospel is no, we're not good enough. That's why Jesus had to be. Mm -hmm. And so instead of using this, you're not good enough as a hammer, a recognition of none of us are good enough, but that's why Jesus came. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's great how you worded that because sometimes people only say the first part of that, you're not good enough. And you need to say the complete, just making sure you're always sharing that complete, you know, you're not good enough. I'm not good enough. What you're, you know, you're doing, you always fall short, but this is why it's even just, just taking it that step further. Just finish the sentence. Yeah. And I would, yeah. And I think too, even if we don't say the phrase, you're not good enough. Sure. What are we communicating? Mm -hmm through all of the ways that we communicate like what is the message that we're getting across is it that you're not good enough and that's that's not where we it's not where we need to end so yeah. julie i now have for you a parent question oh no i'm and i <laughs> and i'm going to fail you, i'm going to fail at this one ben <laughs> <laughs> i know you have young kids uh, so let's fast forward the clock a few years um as a parent let, let's try to let's try to give student pastors some ammunition for here's what parents need to hear about their students student ministry on this topic of hey we're going to be trying to reach people that means there's going to be people connected to our ministry that don't live like us or like we're supposed to be so there's tension there. What as a parent do you need to hear to understand? Okay, this is, it's good for my kid to be in this environment and it's healthy that our student ministry is heading this way. I would want to hear that our, my church and my student, my kid's student minister, and hopefully all the parents and volunteers that are involved yearn for the gospel to be spread to every person yeah and that that is the biggest foundation of everything that we do as a youth group and i would want that broken down what that means uh i would just really want an, a real conversation about it like let's not beat around the, the bush and maybe that personality but let's have a real conversation about what you're really talking about and i would love for the youth leader to even give examples like I'm going to need y'all to know that you may go in the parking lot and see vaping or you may there. Guess what? We want vaping kids to come to our group. And we yeah. want, um, we want kids that need Christ or even if they already have Christ that need more of Christ, like in our group. And we need you as parents to want that too. So that's what I would want to hear. Yeah. I think that's articulated so well. And it's almost a preaching of the gospel and what it means to parents mm -hmm. and translating that to, okay, so now that you know what that is, and again, that connects to the partnership that you mentioned with senior pastor and executive pastor mm -hmm. and all that, whatever the context is of your church. Uh, and then it flows down from that. But I, Julie, I think that's, that's right on the money as we've got to teach parents what the gospel is and how the gospel impacts their students and the students that are not yet here, that we want to be here. Mm -hmm. um, I think the volunteers, no, go ahead. No, you're, well, I was just going to ask from your perspective. I know you're, you have kids in the youth group. So yeah. um, what's your perspective on that? 
Yeah, I, it's a little interesting because uh, I, I do have teenagers now. I did not have teenagers as a student pastor, um, but have led student ministries that were reaching people from the community um, that dealt with a lot of these kind of issues. Uh, so I, I think like now as a parent, I'm like, yeah, bring them on. Um, Come on. But at the same time, like if I put on strictly my parent hat, uh, I think before as a student pastor, the conversations that I had with parents came from a place of, I don't even understand why this is an issue for you right now. Mm. Like we're talking about reaching people with the gospel. Why, why are you talking to me about skateboarding kids out in the parking lot? Mm. Like this, we should be on the same page here. What, what is your problem? And so like where I, I would say my error in that conversation was I was not being understanding of their point of view, mm, but instead cool. just hammering my point of view of, hey, we baptized almost 100 people last year in our student ministry. And you're talking to me about how people don't need to be skateboarding in the parking lot. Well, while that makes sense in my brain as a student pastor, it doesn't do anything to train a group of people to be gospel minded in their connection with their church and or their community. And so I think what what I would say in, in that question is I would want somebody to hear me. Uh, I would want somebody to walk with me through it and to coach me on it rather than, than take the approach that I did at points along the way. <laughs> That's really good. It's good. One thing I was going to say about volunteers in this, uh, because in many ways they're really the front line of mm -hmm. communication in a student ministry, like as the student pastor and staff, if you have multiple staff, there are going to be conversations that you have. You're going to greet people. You're going to be out and around. But in many ways, the, the leaders that you recruit onto the team are going to be the front line of hospitality and communication for situations like this. They're going to be out in the parking lot greeting. They're going to run into the stuff. They're going to be walking around and meeting students inside your room or building or whatever your, your context is. And so spending time helping a leader understand how to handle situations that need maybe, I hesitate to use the word discipline, correction perhaps, mm. um, how to correct a situation with love, I think is really important. Um, in the early days when John Paul, many of you that listen to the podcast a lot know that John Paul and I served at a church together in Virginia. In the early days, as we were trying to turn things around there, this is one of the issues that we kept running up against. Well-meaning, God-loving adult volunteers were just getting on to kids. Like mm -hmm. it was all discipline, all correction, no leeway. Mm. And so I think helping a leader understand and even role playing that conversation, mm -hmm. like you said with parents, like you would want examples. You might see this. Here's how you respond. Mm -hmm. I think the same thing can be true for 
uh, for our volunteers. As you reach people moving forward in our culture today, you might see a group of students vaping in the parking lot. Here's, how you, here's, here's what you do. You might hear language. You might see two girls walk into in the doors holding hands. Here's how we as a ministry think about those things. Mm -hmm. And I, I think getting down to those kinds of details, just like you mentioned with the parents, are really important to role play, to talk about, to say, here's how we handle specific situations and err on the side of grace and not the other side. Mm -hmm. And I think that is where a lot of a lot of people that are in a volunteer capacity cause some some extra tension here is it's I'm if I'm going to err I'm going to err on the side of correction mm -hmm. and I don't think that's the environment that we're going for if we truly want to reach people absolutely and I think student ministers never assume that your volunteers know that too don't I mean yeah I, I see that a lot too even just in church various issues like it's easy for us to assume like well of course they would like but like you said, these conversations need to be happening. Specific examples, role-playing, walking through those. Don't assume that, and, and some of them may, and all of them may. That would be great. But don't make the mistake of assuming that you're all going to be on the same page on that because it's just too common that you're not. Yeah, that's true. So we've now come to the point in our program today, this podcast, where we throw it to producer Nathan for a segment that we like to call Topics from a Hat. It's where Nathan uh, pulls out a topic from an actual hat that we don't know about, and, and we are responsible for reacting to said topic. So without further ado, producer Nathan and our topic from today's hat. Topic for today, this is gonna be a good one. Now that we're looking at it, since it's almost summertime, I think it'd be a great topic. What is your favorite milkshake or milkshake flavor? Ooh, Julie, do you have a favorite milkshake flavor? I'm going to get kicked off this podcast. I don't like milkshakes. Oh my gosh. I know. I like my ice cream as ice cream or I like a liquid drink. I do not like the mixed texture. I can't do them. Isn't that awful? Oh gosh. <laughs> so I'm out. No, that's fine. The, the, it's just <laughs> to respond to the topic from a hat. Uh, I, I am going to go, and I like so many, I'm going to go with cookies and cream though. Mm. Even though sometimes the chunks get caught in the straw, I'm going to go with cookies and cream. Producer Nathan, what say you about this topic? This this would be no surprise to you, Ben. But wait, let me guess. I'll go for it. Yep. <laughs> you can guess one of the components for sure. <laughs> it's some kind of fruit. Yep. Is a peach. Peach was what I was where I was going to go. Oh, that's a good one though. I got to go back to my roots. Uh, cookout. So strawberry cheesecake milkshake from Cookout. There you Hard go. Hard to beat. <laughs> Cookout, which if you don't know, if you're not living in a place that has cookout, you Poor it's thing. the weirdest place. You can get like a side, like you can order a combo that's like burger, fries, drink, and then you can get another side that's like a corn dog. You can get actual meals as a side. That's right. 
at this place cookout. So strawberry cheesecake cookout milkshake. You even went place. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's impressive. Okay. Today we have talked about the tension between saying we really want to reach people and some of the issues that come along with that when people who don't know Jesus begin to be part of our ministries. And we've focused on the kinds of conversations and the training that you need to have to help prepare your people, parents, other staff, leaders, even students, to embrace that moment and kind of live in the tension of being willing to deal with some of the baggage in order to help people take steps closer to Jesus and how to create a sense of belonging in our ministry uh, that, that Julie so eloquently said right off the beginning um, that we are creating the belonging in our student ministry, that we all have brokenness. Like there's not one group of people that's better than the other. And that in that moment, it gives us opportunities to, to truly reach people, to have open conversations, to allow questions to be asked, uh, and to be able to move people one step closer to Jesus. And it's not that we're going to hide the truth, and it's not that we're going to have no standards, but when we have to have conversations with people, it's going to come from a place of love and a place of conversation that I want to help you understand, and I want to listen to you so that I can point you to Jesus. Julie, any last words for today? I think that just about covered it. Then with that, this has been another episode of the LifeWay Student Ministry Podcast. We will see you next time.